You're listening to Irish Radio Candidate Home and Abroad, and coming up in the middle of April, we have the uh, Ottawa, Irish Inter- uh, Ottawa Irish Film Festival, and back with a full in-person offering this year, and Patrick Murray is here with me uh, of the Irish Film Festival, and also Peter Murphy and Rachel Moriarty. And uh, they, uh, Peter and Rachel, are here with us to talk about their movie, which will be screened on the Saturday the 15th, that mm-hmm. will be at, I suppose, Saturday evening. And that is Rosary and Frank. Guys, thanks a million all for coming along. Great to have you here. Nice thanks to be here. Awesome. Um, Rosary and Frank, I understand, first of all, it's a widow who has given up on life, becomes convinced that a stray dog is the reincarnation of her hurling loving husband. So, <laughs> a novel concept. I, 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 a novel concept. I have to ask, what county is the dog from? <laughs> well, the film is set in Waterford in good uh, hurling country so that okay. makes, makes it very plausible Austin obviously uh, 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 <laughs> down in the Dacia exactly down in the Dacia <laughs> uh, yes and you, and you encapsulated it very well there it is a, a, a story of um, a woman who is consumed by the loss of her husband who is a great hurling man and um, she believes that a strange dog that seems to come to the area and have a passion for hurling is the reincarnation of her husband, Frank. <laughs> Whose idea was this? <laughs> well, the two, <laughs> the two of us, I mean, it's funny, we get asked that an awful lot, whether it was myself <laughs> or Rachel or where it came from. Yeah. And I guess we're, we're, we're uh, making films and writing together for a long time, so we always have, uh, as we'd say to people, ideas on the go. And this was one that was kind of, we'd, we'd had discussed, I think, in passing, this idea was always there about a, a, a woman who absolutely understands that a stray dog is her husband. And we didn't do anything more with it than that. We, we, we would have a lot of ideas that we'd let stew, as, as we would say. And then T.G. Cahar, the, uh, um, the Irish language film channel in Ireland, decided that they were going to fund feature films. Uh, along with BAI, the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland, and uh, Fee Share and the uh, Screen Ireland, we're going to make feature films, and we thought this is made for us. We let this idea that we had floating around, not much done with it beyond that, uh, and we got funding to write it, and we we sat down for kind of six weeks, locked in a room, and and wrote a script. It was one of the fastest scripts we ever, I think, we ever wrote. I think you'd agree, Rachel. And yeah, that was it. So we sort of worked it up from there, and I think in that. In that way, we just had a small idea, and then we just worked it up, worked it up, and worked it up. The hurling was added to it. He wasn't always a hurling dog. That came that came to us after we started working on it. Agus and Will on on Scanna Shaw. Will she ask Gaelga or no ask Berla? Ask Gaelga. Ask Gaelga. Her father. Agus thought she sits in Gaelic up in the Daisha. Agus is kind of in Snohocha. Thought Agus and she and Agus are a good ash story on the Daisha. Lefekals is Scanna and Chuma. So Sering Masum. Yes, and Ryan, yeah, and Ryan is terrible. And Dolph Arost at all and Kayla and Shane, I guess, yeah, or even I guess Conan Dolan for guessing Shane. So we'll, for the benefit of the um, the non Gwell Gory, uh, I asked uh, if the the movie was in Irish, and <laughs> um, Rachel, if you want to to translate um, there. Or... I was saying it indeed it is it is um a film completely in Irish and it is set in the Ring Gaeltacht which is um an Irish speaking area of Ireland um and a lot of the local actors um took part in the film and we hear the beautiful mm. dialect 
area, which is its own little particular area of uh, Gaelic. So it's a very special place with a very spe- special dialect of Irish, um, which I think adds an awful lot to the kind of character of the film. And I assume Nematron were involved in that. Nematron were there indeed helping us out, Ariel mm-hmm. and the gang, of course. Yeah, indeed. and and there's a lovely culture there, as you as you probably know, mm-hmm. Austin, in terms of you know music and drama, and it, it, it's a, it's a place with a, a very particular culture. Um, so we really wanted to get that sense of community onto the screen, you know. So I think pe- people will enjoy that. Yeah, I like the coffee shop down on Helvick Head. <laughs> yeah. well, you will be very happy. You're very pleased, yeah. <laughs> so, Patrick, forgive me for being colloquial here, but uh, no, it no, this is actually adds adds a, a nice flavour to the talk. I, I like it. Yeah, it is a beautiful <laughs> part of the country, and of course, it's the yeah. home the home of um, um, traditional music is very strong down there, also, very and, strong, uh, yeah. and of course, the Irish language on on Changibio, Tasha Changibio, it is a living tongue, very much down there. Absolutely, and, and we wanted it to be a very authentic um, thing. So while you might know the area and the people very well, Austin, I think this is a chance for other people to get to know it as well, um, because you will hear the local choir, you will see the local coffee shop, all that is there on screen. We wanted to keep it very authentic. Yeah, um, so Irish filmmaking, what you explained there, which is brilliant, is that there is a, a tremendous encouragement, obviously, coming from T.G. Cahar uh, and also um, from the Irish film organisations to promote the Irish language within film. And we've seen that with on Colleen Kewan, uh getting international attention. And it's wonderful now to see you guys on the international circuit as well. Did you have any trepidation about delivering a product, Oscar I think uh, I, I think the thing was, there was a feeling, interestingly, in the beginning that uh, obviously... There's a, a tradition of European cinema being subtitled. There was always this question of you're creating. I suppose the, we're going into it thinking essentially of it as a subtitle film. In a way, you know you're creating what what will, even for Irish audiences, largely be viewed as a foreign language film in that, uh, you know, there wouldn't be that, you know, not everyone in Ireland is fluent. So you know you're making something that's going to have to be viewed uh, as a subtitle film. Uh, and actually what we found is, Possibly with the rise of of the way people view, you'd, you'd even see a lot of young people watching. I saw I was on a, a a bus just the other day, and someone was watching a movie on their iPhone uh, with the subtitles on. It's something people are much more used to doing. So actually, from that point of view, uh, it's been accepted. I think people are far more accepting of it than than we had feared. And I think, as you mentioned, awesome trepidation. There probably would have been a little bit of trepidation going. Will this be very small? Will this find a very small niche audience? And what's amazed us is that, that it has broken out. The first one that broke out was one called Aracht, which Thomas Uluan made mm-hmm. and was okay. successful, yeah. followed by Ankara. We screened that. Which is, yeah. And it's, and it's, it did really well. Uh, Patrick here in Ireland, it had a really, you yeah. know, at a challenging time in terms of, terms of COVID, it had a very successful, uh, cinema release here. Mm-hmm. really connected with people, which I think made people realize, oh, hang on, there's an audience quite happy to go to go to these films and really happy to go to them. Colin Kuhn has obviously been a huge success. We had a very successful uh, cinema run in Ireland as well. So we've been thrilled by the response. And it feels actually suddenly like a little mini movement, which is really nice to be involved with. I have a technical question for you guys. <clears throat> Seeing as you knew you were going into this with subtitles, did that impact camera angles at any time where you had to be conscious that there would be 
text along the bottom of the screen. Probably should have. <laughs> I don't think it did, Rachel, did it? No, it didn't. And I don't I don't think most people when they're making uh, movies, even though they probably know there will be a lot of subtitles, really frame that way because people are so used to seeing the text as an extra layer. I mean, if you think you're Best Picture Oscar, lots of subtitling, but, you know, you're not kind of thinking they should have shot it differently. So I think it is in the way that the audience is so familiar with subtitles now. Um, I think a particular thrill for us really has been going, uh, showing the film abroad, actually, um, and, and finding audiences that connect with it. And it's been really lovely to meet Irish communities abroad, actually, who can come and um, see an Irish language movie. It's quite a, it's kind of, you know, that movement is really good because I think a lot of people in Ireland and the Irish abroad, people may not speak fluent Irish, but they still have a connection. They still have quite a connection with the language, the culture. Um, so I think that, that has been, uh, that has been great. That has been really, really good. It's also lovely to create an awareness of the language itself. I, I was at uh, our screening at the San Diego Film Festival. And I was chatting to a guy beforehand and talking about the film being in the Irish language. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, it can be very difficult to uh, understand. I remember seeing the commitments and it was very hard to understand. And he was convinced <laughs> that our film was in, in English with heavy Irish accents. And I said, I, I was really trying to explain no, it's in a, an entirely different language. I kept saying, yeah, yeah, it really does. It's like a different language. I said, no, it is a different language. Yeah. So it's quite amusing. I guess people don't don't get that there is an an actual, a separate uh, Gwerga is a different language. So it's quite mm-hmm. nice for people to experience that as well. Mm-hmm. So then when it came to um, building the plot, and you obviously have to have a very well-trained dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you have like several dogs that all kind of look the same? No, we thought we were going to have to go that route, which shows you how little we didn't really know. People always say, and you're really right thinking about what a dog, what an animal actor could do. And the truth is, we didn't really, Peter, sure we didn't. We wrote it and then kind of searched for our star afterwards, really. Yeah, yeah. we kept kind of saying, well, if they've made a lot of Lassie movies, it's got to be possible. We just don't know how to do it. (laughs) Someone will tell us. So explain the auditioning process for that part for me, please. <laughs> yeah, well, did you know the, the breed in the vets? The big, the big reveal is that we had to go to uh, to go to England to get the dog. We couldn't find the dog in Ireland. There was there was a company who are a really good company who do uh, animal work in Ireland. We were talking to them, and they just didn't really have at the time. They're going. They even said to us, "We don't really have a dog ready for this." And the company we ended up finding in England, uh, the woman, Jill, who, who runs the company, said, we've only one dog who can do it. They read the script and said, there's only one dog who can who can pull this off. There's an awful lot of work required for, for an animal actor. Um, so they were great. So we went over and, and met Barley, who is the, is the dog that plays uh, the, the dog in our movie, and we're blown away. You know, he was he's an amazing uh, dog to work with. And they're an amazing company to work with, you know, because they they have such care. We kind of were putting so much trust in 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 them in terms of, you know, that the dog has a good experience. You know, it's that thing of you can't ask a dog that they want to be in a movie. You just have to make sure that it, the dog has a has a good time, you know, an enjoyable time and good working conditions. They they um, bring over a companion dog because they don't like their dogs traveling on their own. So they had a dog um, with Barley. They have to stay in a house with their with the trainer nodding kennels. And Barley is also a family dog. She, Jill, who trains them, trains them and then gives them to a family. So they live 
as a family pet for most of the time and then occasionally head off to make movies. So we were very, yeah. I mean, I couldn't have gone better. Uh, you know, we kind of went into it without much knowledge and came out of it realizing if you find the right people, you, you get great results. And they were, they were magnificent to work with. You know, I could have great fun with this, but like you didn't need the local dog to act as a translator. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, Bar- Barley, Bar- Barley's Irish was as good as the local dogs often. They were the same. <laughs> so, so, bilingual dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, knocked on and uh, Killian uh, O'Garvey um, and uh, what, Larkin Cranage. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> so local actors are were from down around the day, Charles. No, Breed is, is Connemara, but um, she was somebody that we thought of from the start. We were talking to Breed when we were writing the script. Um, uh, so Breed was there from the beginning, and Killian and Larkin came on board a little bit after that, um, just to casting. Um, and then uh, we did have a lot of local actors, though, like um, Ruan, who is Mikey, the little boy in the, in the movie, is, is local, um, went to school that's featured in the film. Um, so we had a lot of local people and especially kind of the local characters in terms of the people who sit at the coffee shop and all uh, that kind of peopling of, of the um, of the film is, is a lot of Ash Story or, or actors from the area. Um, so there's just some we were lucky because it is it is a minority language, it is a small scheme, but there's some brilliant talent. Um, so again, um, we were very blessed in that we, we actually didn't worry too much. Sure, we didn't Peter during the process because we actually had such rock solid great. Uh, people in the yeah. roles that um, that we didn't really have any concerns about that, and, and Breege especially for her, uh, with her co-star the dog, uh, she would say that she kind of went into it like us a little bit blind, um, but just kind of respected that the, the dog has read the script, knows the lines, and, and knows what he's got to do. Uh, so it was the same kind of respect you would give any fellow performer, and uh, yeah, that seemed to work very well. They were all amused. It was a big joke amongst the actors was Barley the dog hits uh, hits his mark better than most actors they know. That was one thing he could do remarkably well. <laughs> Given that you say you, you prepared the script probably faster than any other script you may have worked on, as the filming was happening, did you make many modifications or did you make any? Very few, I think. Very few. Yeah. Uh, very few, yeah. Mm. We had been working on it. Yes, we worked on it quickly, but um, at the same time, I suppose, we were working very much with the shoot in mind because it was such a, a, a compressed time frame. So we were we were very much writing the shooting script as we went. And uh, no, I don't think we made many changes at all, actually. And I think that point of it being one of the fastest ones we ever wrote, it's because they, they kind of gave a nice amount of money for script development. They've developed quite a few scripts in this scheme. So we, we were able to dedicate six weeks full time, you know, and, oh, nice. which, which turns yeah. into, yeah, which, which is kind of a good bit of time to write it actually, you know, we, and we had a, we had a good uh, treatment, we had a good layout and we went in with a good plan and, and, uh, yeah, so we worked, we worked six weeks solid on it. So I think, it, it was well formed by the time we got to shoot. So, yeah, we did very little with it once we got there. Your reaction to that, Patrick, and oh, nice, because it is such a pleasure. Oh, that is so nice. The full-time job yeah. to be able to sit yeah. down and concentrate on it was just, that's, it was an amazing thing, really. Yeah. You know, and, and putting some money behind that uh, shows, uh, I think, because uh, when I first started this festival almost 10 years ago, my my 
my mandate was to try to show at least one Irish film, right? And some years it was tougher than others. But this year I've got three, you know, and they're well, all quality, well. you know, and like yours uh, and Klugin, uh The Quiet Girl, it's easier for me to say that, and uh, Tarak, you know. So, oh, yeah. And, and yeah. I wonder actually if those two also – uh, benefited from the same initiative. So you have to ask. Uh, all the same one, yeah. Same, same scheme for all three. Especially yeah. Tarak. I wonder if the same thing was with them if they had the uh, six weeks to write it. Well, they would yeah. have had the same support. It's, it, it, they give everybody yeah, the same support. So um, it yeah. does give you that time. And look, we all know if you get time to sit down and work on something properly and not be distracted, you know, it, it just does. I think it gives a lot of rewards and and by the time you're sitting down to write the script it's already gone through the process where they've selected it based on the treatment so you have to have your story well worked <laughs> out and yeah. interrogated a bit before yeah. you're actually going to screenplay so i think the process is really good and that's why you've got um that's why you got the three the three movies i three think movies, yeah. mm-hmm. Pat, patrick yeah. I'll, hand, I'll hand it over to you there for a minute because i'm sure you have some questions <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, you've covered so much. <laughs> a lot of my questions. And, uh, and actually one of the ones what was, uh, you know, uh, come up with the idea. It's a wonderful idea. Um, uh, have, uh, was there anything else like, uh, this idea of, of, of mourning where, uh, did there was something else in, in your lives at some point that had you thinking about, uh, uh, ways of dealing with mourning in this case, uh, uh, Using a dog as a as kind of a, an avatar for your for your grief, which is a really clever idea. But uh, was there something in your life that uh, made you think of something like this? Well, I think a thing. Sorry, where should go on for, pro, for processing grief? Yeah, well, I was just going to say yeah. that it's a very commonly held belief here the thing about a robin or a bird coming into your garden after mm. something passed. So that would have yeah. been something that would be very much in our culture that that would that. Yeah. But when somebody passes, you, you are particularly open to signs from the universe or you're, you're open to things mm. you might not see people say it about butterflies about birds and um, so that would mm-hmm. have been culturally i know something that we would have discussed and, and thought about dogs not so much yeah. but maybe now yeah yeah maybe now <laughs> you, you've added to the mythology to, to yeah. the canon of irish uh, they're, mythology they're a little bit more troublesome <laughs> than a butterfly or a small bird but yes yeah. Yeah. I think we did, we did talk a lot a lot about the Irish tradition, the you know the wake tradition, and we're it, it's quite a big thing. I guess in lots of cultures it's big, but we we always associate that big kind of festival uh, almost around uh, around death when there's a lot of drinking and a lot of mm-hmm. of emotion and of people coming together. Mm-hmm. And notion being that in a way that's it. You do you do that period. You have a period of mourning, and then you're set to move on or or let go. Mm-hmm. And and I think we're yeah. fascinated because we you know we'd all know people who have a very different approach to that, and it's not as straightforward. And we really wanted it to yeah. to examine kind of almost inappropriate grief that this woman has 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 taken it too far, and no one knows how to to deal with it. Not her son, not the not the people mm-hmm. in the town, and yet this dog sort of it's it's an opportunity for everyone. To, to, to let go and to deal with the situation, uh, two years down the line. So we were kind of, we were interested in dealing with, with kind of a very extreme form of, of grief, but that a lot of people do experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we should wrap up guys, just so as yeah. make sure that we don't uh, steal the total thunder. Again, yeah. <laughs> the date, the date is the 15th of April and the location mm-hmm. is the arts court. Mm-hmm. The time is, what, Patrick? 8 p.m. 
8 p.m. Tickets yeah. are, are available through the website. And yes. the website is Irish Film Festival Ottawa dot ca. That's Irish that is right. Film Festival Ottawa dot ca. And you can get details of this and the other movies that will be screened over that weekend. It has been a real pleasure chatting with Rachel Moriarty and Peter Murphy and Patrick. Thank you so much also for joining along. Awesome. Thank you.